1: This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is George Roberts. George is a principal at Horizon Multifamily, which is focused on value-add opportunities in Central Florida. He's a founder of Walnut Grove Homes, an upscale residential construction company based in Troy, Michigan, which reached seven-figure status in 2021. He hosts The Foundry, where leaders are forged daily, a podcast devoted to entrepreneurs focused on syndication as well as both active and passive multifamily real estate investment. Today, George talks about obviously why real estate and What's contributed most to his success, but it's interesting background he has as a bioscientist and then moved to computer science and then construction, but he loved business. And so that's led him down some different paths, which are very interesting. And it just an interesting background. It's often people say about my path, you know, it just makes no sense, really. It doesn't seem to anyway, but he has a similar background. It's like, what, how did that lead to this? where you're at now, but man, he is successful now. And just talking about their team and how they're doing deals in Florida and he's in Michigan, but he is after it in a big way and shares some great details with you, the listener and myself of how he has done it, what he's up to right now. George, welcome to the show. I know you have an interesting background, but I think the listeners would benefit a lot by hearing about some of the things you did in real estate before getting into syndication. And, you know, let's jump into why syndication, why you would move that direction. But fill us in a little bit on some of your expertise before syndicating.
0: Sure. So back many years ago, over a decade, I was a bioscientist, very busy. It was the depths of the Great Recession. So I became an accidental landlord. It was a great experience, but I didn't really run it as a business. I was way too busy elsewhere. Moved into computer science, had a little bit more time to focus on some other things. And that's when I moved into construction. It was after my father died, and he had always wanted to build on his property, but the Great Recession had just essentially wiped out that dream. And so then after he was gone, my sister and I decided that we would live that dream. And it really showed me a completely new perspective on life, the entrepreneurial perspective. And I realized that I just loved business, but I wasn't needed to be there at the company every day. My brother-in-law got his construction license. And so he was running that company along with my sister. And so I decided, well, hey, you know, I know real estate but I want to get back into it the right way this time. Don't want to be a single family landlord. I'm going to put in the time to learn multifamily and I'm going to become an apartment investor. So I guess that sort of dovetails with NY syndication. Well, hey, if joint ventures and being an apartment owner is good, well then being able to leverage resources and bring other people along for the ride, that's great. And so I really found that syndication model very appealing. And I was very excited then to take things to the next level.
1: You said a bioscientist?
0: Bioscientist, yeah. So I was in three fields. I was in microbiology, physiology, and genomics. So I was quite busy for a little while.
1: Yeah, so bioscientist, computer science, construction. I mean, it seems some people hear my path to syndication there and sarcastically, they'll say, oh, that makes so much sense because it just doesn't. But yours sounds somewhat similar in that regard. But moving into construction, even from computer science, bioscientist, but then on into real estate, People probably thought you were crazy, did they not?
0: Well, I've gone through some changes, but again, I think it's really the same route that most people describe. You realize you're selling your time for money. Right. And especially when you're working in a laboratory, it's like 16 hours a day sometimes. I couldn't be any more on that end of the spectrum. And then going to computer science, I realized I'd have a little freedom at the end of the day. And that was all part of being a family man and wanting to contribute in that respect. And so then when I discovered entrepreneurship and just to see what a lever that is in terms of being able to be productive and being able to produce wealth, not just to be able to accomplish things, it's just a completely different perspective. So, yeah, I think I turned that lever all the way to the opposite end.
1: No, that is awesome. And yeah, Time for Money. I was just reading another book. I mean, I've read so many books that talk about that. And we're all, as entrepreneurs, striving to get that time back, right? But you know, you said you loved business and real estate was obviously just a great means of bringing all these other people or syndication specifically, these other people with you and building wealth in real estate. Give us a little bit of that path though, from going from construction up to syndication and just like how you had the confidence to get into the first syndication.
0: Yeah, great. So going by stages, right? Everybody says start big. Everybody who's successful says start big. Now, I'm going to say something that other people may not tell you. There's something called survivorship bias. You don't meet the people in syndication who failed right? You meet the ones who are successful. So everybody says, start big. So I did follow that advice. And I think it is good advice. I started out looking for hundred units or more, and that would be great. You know, Hey, if we had found that, and if we had found the right, right sponsor to allow us to come on as co-sponsors and take those deals down, that would have been fine. So I would say, you know, Hey, go out and look for those big deals. But what actually came along was a 14 unit in Orlando. And this was a really sweet deal. It was found by my friend, Mark Prokop. He did a lot of the acquisitions work. He has some roots down there. And so he found that deal. It was kind of on the edge, an area that's a little rough. And there's an area that's really nice. And you have this transitional area. And so, you know, at the outset, it was kind of hard to figure out whether that was the right thing to do. But we saw things transitioning after we laid eyes on it and could see that was definitely the right thing to do. So we started sort of small. So I had a joint venture of three going into that deal. And Let me tell you what a difference it makes that first deal. You know this, but I don't know if all of your listeners know this. That first deal, no matter how big it is, five units or more puts you in that commercial multifamily space. And obviously, we're taken completely differently by the brokers after that. It was no longer a fight to see hey, are they going to take us seriously? Now they're even taking us very seriously. If you look out to Tampa, which is not everybody, if you're not in Central Florida, you may not know just. What a competitive market that is. I mean, you got your money going hard on day one. And I'm thinking, what is this, Texas? And so it really gave us a lot of credibility. So from that, then it was a lot easier then to branch out. And so then more recently, one of our other partners at Horizon Multifamily, Tom Patrick found us another great deal. This one is close to his neck of the woods in Jefferson City. So we're looking forward to closing on that. You know, Hopefully, maybe around the time this one actually comes out. So again, you got to take action. I would say, try to start big. And if you find that big deal, go bring on a sponsor. And if you don't, whatever you do, if the numbers work, take it. And that small step is a bigger step than you realize.
1: I think the last thing you just said is so crucial. Like, you think it's a small step, but it's bigger than you realize. No doubt closing the first deal just changes so many things about not only your relationships with brokers, but man, just your confidence level as well. Wouldn't you say, George?
0: Absolutely again, it's a total game changer. And even after running that, I mean, hey, so we don't have other outside investors in the deal, right? We don't have that complicating factor. Maybe that's a good thing, right? Because it allowed us just to focus on this, to make whatever mistakes we had to make and to step up. And again, I got to say, go look for the big deal, but whatever you get, take it when the numbers make sense. And that'll be a much bigger route to that bigger deal.
1: Could you speak to your partners a little bit to closing, let's say the 14 unit or the next deal? I know you all were JVing. Can you just speak to briefly how you found them, but then how you knew those were good partnerships and are you all syndicating together as well?
0: Yeah. So it's actually a rather big group. So we got five that started out as a sort of a mastermind and sort of morphed into an actual company. So we got our construction leader, Mark Prokop. So he's also great with acquisitions. He's been in construction for almost 40 years and he's also been a realtor. So he totally understands the business from one end to the other. And then I think he wanted me to focus on, on the partnerships and how we work together and how we know that this is good. Yeah. And so his brother, Paul or Pav, as we call him, he's been a hard money lender in, Many deals going back well over a decade. Total experience, the sort of thing that we need to build the team. Again, I mentioned Tom Kirkpatrick, so he is in East Tennessee, and that's just wonderful to have our eyes on different markets. So we got Mark, who's now living, now the boots on the ground in Orlando. We've got East Tennessee. Tennessee, just wonderful. People moving to Tennessee like crazy totally jumped to the top of the heap this year in terms of people moving in. And then we have one other partner, Steve Tappy. He's in Denver, Colorado, and he manages over $30 million of commercial real estate. So we have just an extraordinary breadth of experience. I guess I would say now, how do we know it's a good partnership? Well, first of all, obviously the quality of the relationships, that's something people often look over. But a favorite quote in business is JP Morgan, who said that a man whom he didn't trust couldn't get a dollar from him based on all the bonds in Christendom. And that interpersonal is very important. But more importantly, you have to complement each other. And you'll see we all come from different backgrounds. So, a couple of us in construction, we've been in hard money lending and single family and fix and flips and also commercial real estate. So, all over the map.
1: I think it's worthy to highlight as well that you all met in a mastermind. Like you were putting yourself out there, you joined a group of guys or gals that were out there doing stuff, that, and then you started those relationships, at least getting yourself out there to educate yourself, but also finding these other guys that were very experienced and created a partnership. But you had to start somewhere, right? And it sounds like, did it start in that mastermind?
0: Yeah, so it did. Four of them actually had met. I want to say it was Michael Blocks in Dallas. So they all went down there, four of them met. And then I met the Procop brothers at our local meetup, which then become our meetup. We now run that meetup, and it's really kind of exciting to see things come full circle. So that was my first multifamily meetup I'd gone to, met my future partners after some time, and now we're using that to build our business in Southeast Listen, Michigan.
1: I know that's great, and I just want the listeners, if they're not putting themselves out there, if they're not going out and meeting people, if they're not becoming a part of some kind of mastermind or something, It's like, how do you expect to be known that, hey, there's other people that are looking for skills that maybe you have when finding other people that you could potentially have partnerships with just like George did and has to reach that level of success and that first deal. Let's move into this first and second syndication that I think you have going on right now. Give us some high levels about maybe the first deal or the first syndication. And let's talk about some of that.
0: Yeah, great. So our deal in Jefferson City, very exciting. That's 506C. One of the great things about that is I know that I can speak very freely about it. It is a big step. I might have kind of preferred a 506B. We have all kinds of investors on board that don't qualify as accredited. But again, it's great to be able to talk about it. And so we found something I'd call it sort of mom and pop. Really, really nice area. Some great people involved over there. Just love the maintenance fellow who takes care of everybody, just like family. But again, you see some maybe deferred maintenance. and a lot of things that might be improved. Like for example, rent hasn't gone up in three years. We got carpet all over the place. A couple of units, carpet goes to the bathroom. There have been some leaks. We got mansard roofs. You know, you could say that this is a deal, uh, maybe a little edgy, right? And, you know, I think if you talk to a lot of the more experienced indicators, like, oh, we only take pitched roofs. Hey, that's great. And a couple of the buildings out there do have pitched roofs in the complex. The other half don't. But again, when you're starting, sometimes you have to take those deals with so-called hair on them because if you got to find the thin edge of the wedge. And so for us, this is fine. So we'll have a couple mansards before we go out to where we really want to be and have less maintenance. So what makes it a great deal? Again, sort of mom-and-pop ownership, the opportunity to make some decent improvements. again, those of you who know Tennessee, this is Jake and Gino territory. They may be based out towards Nashville, but they do extend out towards East Tennessee. And you can see the business model works. And so it's been a bit de-risked. So again, great deal, mom and pop ownership, and a lot of opportunities to move forward.
1: Yeah, I think they actually started in Knoxville, so even quite a bit further east, I think so. I thought they were in Nashville. Yeah, they have a conference in Nashville they did a few times before going to Florida. But anyway, about the deal specifically, how large is the deal, or units, or purchase price? This is 34 units. 34 units? Yeah, 34. Awesome. So why 506C versus 506B? Some of the people
0: in the deal, they'd already raised capital through 506B and felt like it was a good time to move up. So, again, you know, hey, it's a big step up. For me, it's something different. But again, you know, it has its advantages. I love face-to-face networking, but again, it's wonderful to have that opportunity to just open it up. Literally, anybody can invest in this deal. I mean, provided, obviously, accredited status.
1: Right, right. That makes complete sense. I just always like to ask because there's always debate, you know, whether we should do one or the other. And oftentimes, people do start with 506B, then eventually do 506Cs only. And we're doing a little of both ourselves. So how are you all raising the money for that project?
0: Yeah, so we're going to go through the traditional channels. I'm not sure if I know exactly what you mean. I mean, obviously, we're going out through our LinkedIn. We're going out through our standing up at our meetups, passing out business cards. I'd like to start a virtual meetup, too. So literally going through all the channels. Facebook has a couple of decent places you can post deals. Here's one tip I found. A lot of places, you know, when you sign on to those groups, first thing you promise, apart from not being a jerk, is that you're not going to post deals. And a lot of places consider that spam. So go and look. And some of those LinkedIn, some of those Facebook groups, they actually cater to accredited investors. They will allow that.
1: Yeah, that's interesting to know. I don't know if there's many that think about being able to post deals in places like that. And where would you say you all have had the most success in raising money for this deal as far as one of those platforms or any other method you all have used?
0: So for this deal, it's still earlier stage. So we just walked the units last weekend. okay. And so we haven't formally raised the capital. You know, we've talked to the lawyers okay. and we know we're going 506C with this. But again, we haven't actually formally started that. But again, the great thing is I can mention it knowing that, you know, we have committed to the 506C and we can discuss it. But again, have not really formally pushed it out there once we get that PPM deal. Yeah. Yeah. But the other deal I was working on, maybe talk a little bit about and have nice. had some success Through my local meetup, raising capital for that. So I was brought onto that through Yona Weiss's LinkedIn CRE 10 challenge. So I met Lila Ray through that group and we started talking and she brought me on board and was actually a wonderful weekend. I was actually able to drive through and take a look at that in Louisville, Kentucky. We talked about 104 units. This is a completely different deal. Now we're talking about some new Class B construction 2019. What makes this a great deal is, again, there is value add well at the same time being new construction. So we've got washer and dryer hookups, but they aren't being used because the tenants they don't have washers and dryers. And so that's something we probably have to provide. But just think about the cap rate on that. If you charge another $50 a month and and maybe only pay 500 dollars for them, you've well paid for it well within a year. And the other thing is that there are some definite opportunities to bring in some new streams of income. There's, for example, no bundling. And that's another way that we can bring in some new streams of income. And again, you know, just clean the place up a little bit, you know, making sure everything is tip top. And again, when I drove through, it was super nice and beautiful. But again, I think that there are a few things that we can do to take it to the next level with streams of income.
1: Hit again, how you connected to that deal. You said you did something on LinkedIn, and then you made a connection and just elaborate a little bit on that.
0: If you've done that Serie 10 challenge, you know that you get to know these people. You're posting literally every day. You like their posts. You comment on their posts and, and vice versa. And so the relationships, I think, get pretty deep. I'm going to interview for my podcast, Rebecca Moore Buller, who is a syndicator, very successful, who reached out to me and said, you know, hey, you know, I think I'd be perfect for your podcast. And I agree. So she's going to come on there very soon. So again, just finding some really deep relationships... In that group.
1: George, what's something like a big learning experience or aha moment that you've had as you all have moved into syndication after JBing some deals? Wow. So, aha moment,
0: just to realize what a different world it is to raise capital. Like, for example, just driving back from looking at those deals, I'm trying to load up. These lists I bought, you know, you can get those accredited investors. Neil Bau is really big about that. And, you know, like everything is a roadblock, right? I mean, you try this way and you find, you know, hey, you can't post in certain groups. And then you try and load up the list and you find out just how many of those names are junk. It's a big step. So I'd have to say for me, just realizing all that goes along with that. And you know, we've been having investor calls for probably about a year. So it's actually being out there, there's the dress rehearsal and then actually doing it. It's a totally new world.
1: Do you all have any predictions or anything over the next 6 to 12 months that you're expecting where you all are preparing differently than maybe you would have two years ago? Or is anything you see in the economy or anything that's happening in the real estate market?
0: I would say I've got two answers. The first is building. I mean, if you look at construction, a lot of people were wiped out. And I think we're a perfect example of that. My family, you know, all those builders that got wiped out, a lot of them aren't coming back. Like I go to barbecue restaurants from builder who said, you know, I got wiped out in 2008. I'm not coming back to this industry. And so you have a lot of new builders and it's taken a long time. We're finally back up to around 1.5, 1.6 million housing starts. So when you see that we have such a backlog like that, I'm going to tell you that I think it's going to be quite a while, quite a while before we burn through a backlog of over 3 million housing units that need to be built. So I'm going to tell you that I see that it's still pedal to the metal. I think it's going to be a long time before things crash. But I promise you, I'd give you two answers. And the second answer is looking at inflation and seeing the sort of government spending, and it's not supported by taxation. I mean, this is just literally printing funny money. I don't know what's going to happen with that. And that's the wild card. So what I say is that when I look at a backlog of housing, I don't see how prices can go down. But when I see some of that financial chicanery, hey, huge wild card, don't know.
1: Yeah. And are there any tips that you have for just preparing for that wild card thing that might happen, right? Or any kind of downturn that's unexpected?
0: Yeah, well, for me, it's multiple streams of income. So I've still got the construction company. We've got a single family home that's out there at the front, which we can't get rid of because we don't want somebody to paint it pink and start drilling on the front lawn and putting out the pink flamingos. I've still got a W-2. And again, I diversify as much as you could imagine, right? I've got a couple of syndications in which I'm a limited partner. So I've got some geographical diversification. And incidentally, I'm going to be delivering a presentation at Angel Williams Summit about diversification. I'm telling you, that is the one thing to do. You want to diversify, have as many streams of income, invest in the stock market too. And I think people should do that. I think people should study up on that because of the volatility. Right. Everybody in real estate says, Oh, no, come into a syndication because you don't want to deal with stock market volatility. But if the stock market goes down by 50%, you don't have to be a genius to pick them. So when that happens again, and I'm sure it'll happen in my lifetime, you know, hey, I will be putting some capital back towards that stock market. What's contributed most to your success? More than anything, tenacity. So just starting from earning a PhD, you see the people who make it through are the ones that are determined. And there are lessons in life that I learned in graduate school. My favorite quote: Winston Churchill. It's a simple one to remember: Never, 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 never give up.
1: How many nevers is that? (laughs) I think he's got four in there. (laughs) I might be mistaken. No, that's awesome. That is awesome. Love that quote. That's a good one. What about? Any habits that you have that you're disciplined about?
0: Yeah, exercise more than anything. I like to run for an hour in the evening. If I'm lucky, I'll do it on a sandy beach. That's great on the joints. And just like Rocky, you know, whatever you do, just take it, 10 exit. I don't have the stairs of Philadelphia, the famous stairs, but I do have a lot of beaches by my house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And then how do you like to give back? I like to donate.
0: I used to donate a lot to the Red Cross a little harder. I find I have to be on my feet all day long with my kids. So I don't do that as much anymore. But I've gotten to a point in my life where I like to donate money. That's something that's really helpful to me. I also like to mentor. If you find me on LinkedIn, which by the way is a great way to find me, you'll find a lot of my content. And if people reach out to me, I'm very happy to spend some time.
1: Nice. George, it's been a pleasure to get to know you and to have you on the show. Not many guests that I can think of came from a being a bioscientist to construction to a syndicator so congratulations just on your success and really elaborating today on that process and getting through that congratulations also on getting the syndication having these two projects the work that i know personally has taken to get to that point and just persevering through that never 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 giving up never 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 giving up (laughs) but grateful again george is there any other way that you want to let the listeners know how to get in touch with you find our syndication portal
0: through horizonmultifamily.com that's another great way just let us know you're looking for information and we'll be happy to get in touch thank you for listening to the real estate syndication show brought to you by lifebridge capital lifebridge capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption lifebridge capital